I'm Charlie Osborne, Editor-at-Large at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Roger Grimes, data-driven defence evangelist for No Before, the world's first and largest new school security awareness training and simulated phishing provider that helps you manage the ongoing problem of social engineering. To learn more about our sponsor, No Before, visit knowbefore.com. Roger, welcome and thank you for joining us today. I'm always glad to be back with you, Charlie, and also thanks to everyone who shows up each week to listen to us talk. Now, in this episode, we're going to be discussing a story that's certainly taken centre stage in a lot of news reports, a recent attack on MGM Resorts, an international hotel chain. The ransomware group Alpha, spelt A-L-P-H-V, and also known as Black Hat, has taken responsibility for an attack on September the 11th, which has caused days of outages impacting MGM's websites, reservation system, and gaming machines, including slot machines. So as you can expect, guests are not best pleased. According to the ransomware group, all Alpha did to compromise MGM resorts was hop on LinkedIn, find an employee, and then call the help desk. Roger, can you tell us what you think happened and how? Yeah, I mean, let me say I don't have any internal knowledge, you know, beyond what's in the general news reports, but it, it's really common. First of all, just social engineering, you know, it's social engineering is responsible or involved in 70 to 90% of all successful cyber attacks. So it's the primary way that attackers can, even in ransomware, it's at least 50% used in 50% of successful ransomware attacks. But more than likely, what they did is just learn about an employee, their name, uh, position, where they worked, and were able to then call the company and leverage that information to, uh, you know, fake some other employee into thinking they were this other employee. Um, you know, like a really common tactic is somebody saying, will call up and say, I got locked out. I need my password reset. And they'll provide, you know, limited information about, you know, their name and the department and things like that. Um, and it's really common. I mean, it's, you know, it's, again, it is the vast majority of the way uh, that most companies are compromised in a cyber attack. Uh, it's particularly easier to pull off today because a lot of times the larger the organization, the more likely they are to be using contractor employees that really don't know each other well. And so having just a little bit of information uh, can, you know, more quickly lead to a social engineering compromise. So it could have been the case, for example, that they pretended to be an employee, then was able to access um, that actual employee's account and then execute the ransomware on their systems. Yeah, yeah, more than likely, it's exactly what happened. They were able to leverage the information they learned on LinkedIn uh, to get the, that person's account reset. And then, you know, the initial access is really um, the toughest part of the hack. Once you're actually in as an authorized user, it's pretty much game over. It's not that hard once you have the initial access to get elevated access. Uh, a lot of people, you'll hear these, you know, privilege escalation of privilege attacks where I'm in as a regular user and then I have to escalate my privileges to admin or local admin or root or domain admin or something like that to continue the attack. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is the escalation of privilege attack is the easiest part of the attack. The hardest part of the attack, which isn't that hard, but the hardest part of the attack is getting that initial root access. Uh, but once you have gained that initial root access, it's not that hard to do the escalation of privilege attacks to then gain admin or local admin or root or whatever, and then start downloading uh, sensitive account, login names and passwords, and starting to, to take over the system and spread ransomware. 
And in your opinion, could the employee at the help desk be considered responsible? And could there be ramifications, say, related to their employment or even legal consequences? Yeah, you know, I don't know the details of this. I, I will say that in general, uh, no enforcement recommending, you know, for its entire 13 years of existence. Be careful what you share on social media because that can be used against you. And, and, and we, when we say that when the attacker has some kind of internal information where they can appear to be somebody in the company, uh, we call it a spear phishing attack. If they have some information that's not, you know, is well known, publicly well known, uh, but they get that information, you know, through social media or whatever, they can do a spear phishing attack. And even though spear phishing attacks are uh, less than a percent of email attacks, they're responsible for 65% of all successful attacks. So getting just a limited bit of information can, it can make the attacker highly, highly more likely to be successful. You know, would the help desk employee be uh, at risk of you know, being fired? It depends on whether they broke policy or not, but I would say I don't hear a lot of people being fired for being socially engineered. Uh, I've only known somebody fired because they were successfully socially engineered maybe once or twice in my 35 years of doing cybersecurity. So it's really, really rare. Um, or at least anecdotally from what I know, um, you know, the employee, the, it depends on how the social engineering scam went. Did the help desk employee violate any policy? There's a good chance they did. Uh, but you know, again, does it really result in that IT employee being fired and that sort of stuff? Generally not. I think a lot of people are just like, oh, they got social engineered and that sort of stuff. Uh, but it depends. Sometimes people get fired. Um, you know, for if, especially if they violated policy and a lot of times if you, you have someone call up and then use, uh, you know, publicly available information off of social media to create a social engineering scam and they're successful. A lot of times that, that help desk person did violate policy in some way. Uh, but that's the nature of social engineering. You know, we're all humans and we want to help people. And if the social engineering scammer sounds, you know, convincing enough. Uh, you know, a lot of people will, will violate policy to help that person. It really is, you know, really the nature of the beast. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's why social engineering is so successful. We as humans want to help out other humans and we will bypass policy if we need to many times to help that. That's what was kind of wild is that for, you know, a lot of the defenses against social engineering is you need to create policies that make it very difficult for social engineering to succeed. But the problem is, is that employees are actually violating their own policy oftentimes to assist the social engineering scammer uh, with it. It's, it, you know, that's again, just the nature of humanity. Uh, but it even talks about how tough it is to stop social engineering because you could already have policies that really would be successful in stopping the social engineering. But the scam, the social engineering scam artist is just so good and so convincing uh, that they get the well-meaning, otherwise well-meaning employee to bypass their own policies and put their own job at risk. And it's a real shame that cyber criminals these days do take advantage of the better part of human nature, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we just want to help each other. I, I remember one of the best scams I ever read about and watched was this uh, This man had been scammed many times. It had his uh, email, uh, his email taken as uh his uh, cell phone taken over, his phone number compromised and taken by an attacker. And he told the cell phone company, don't ever transfer my number to another phone, i.e. the hacker's phone, unless you have this pen code. He, so the, the theory was that, you know, if someone called up the help desk 
at the cell phone company and said, hey, I need you to transfer my number to my quote unquote new phone that they would have to know this pen code for it to happen. But this, uh, this guy actually hired uh, a social engineering scammer. She was a legitimate anti-social engineering person. But he said, I want to see if you can get my, you know, my information, get my phone number transferred to a new phone and stuff like that without having this pen code. And so she actually downloaded uh, videos from YouTube of babies crying. And then she called his cell phone provider and claimed to be a mother. She's like, she was claimed to be a mother of two sick babies that she was trying to feed and they were sick. And she got on the phone and played those uh, audio, uh, audio recordings of these crying babies. And she said that she was the wife of the husband and she was supposed to do it a couple of weeks ago and she'd forgotten, but she had the babies crying and she's like, oh, I'm trying. And she actually sounded like about a brow beating a woman, you know, she's like, honey, honey, I'm trying to get it done. I'm on the phone with him right now. I'm doing it. Don't worry. You know, so she's just sounding like this bow beat mother with sick babies that she's trying to feed. You know, did she get the cell phone company to turn over all the information? Yep, she got it all, was able even to order a new cell phone to be sent to her quote-unquote daughter that was uh, going to college in another state. Uh, but, you know, it's just able to bypass all the policies because who doesn't want to help a poor, you know, bow-breeding mother with sick young kids she's trying to feed? Goodness me, that's certainly a story. Um, another part of the NGM story is something I'd like to touch upon, which is that the companies reportedly refused to pay a ransom demand. And the New York Post has reported that the outage could cost the company up to $8.4 million a day in daily revenue. Do you think that the company should have paid up? Or should organizations ever submit to these sorts of blackmail? Well, you know, it's, it's really up to every company. It's a business decision about whether they pay. But if nobody paid, ransomware would disappear. So that would be kind of nice. Uh, and I would say that over time, uh, the, the percentage of victims that are paying is, is growing smaller. It used to be 60, 70 percent, then it got to 50 percent. These days I hear it's 40 or less percent. And a big part of that is a lot of people that pay still don't get all their information back or they get hit again. Uh, but just in general, less victims are paying over time. But still, you know, 30, 40 percent is enough to keep the rates where game going but if they you know everybody didn't pay it would end ransomware in a week so it'd be really nice that everybody didn't pay uh, but it really is a business decision and up to each entity whether they pay or not and alpha said that during the attack all it was all it took was a 10 minute phone call while alpha is known to have uh, criminals that are very gifted in social engineering what lessons can organizations take away from this incident Again, the primary one is to warn employees to be careful about what they share in the social media that would be accessible to, you know, outsiders uh, and, you know, how that could that be leveraged. You could even do simulated phishing campaigns that, that look for and use information that might be an employee's public profile on social media to kind of, you know, give them an example of how it could be used against them and, again, warn them not to do that sort of thing. And also create policies that try to prevent social engineering scams from being successful. And, and as part of that education, make sure to tell employees that, hey, social engineers are going to try to get you to violate policy and that can hurt you and hurt the company. So don't do it. Like literally you have to tell them not only have we created these policies, but that social engineering you know, people are very good at getting you to violate the policy that then compromises the company. So don't do it. Don't, don't violate the policy. As always, thank you for joining us, Roger, and sharing your expertise. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm Charlie Osborne, editor-at-large at Cybercrime Magazine. 
Joining me today was Roger Grimes, data-driven defence evangelist for Know Before, the world's first and largest new school security awareness training and simulated phishing provider that helps you manage the ongoing problem of social engineering. To learn more about our sponsor, Know Before, visit knowbefore.com.